The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. She's leaving home. We're breaking off a hundo, baby. Episode 100. Wow. We made it. We made it. Looks like we made it. Ah. The first Barry Manilow reference here on the pond. Yeah, it pays to be patient. (laughs) So, yeah, she's leaving home. It's, It's probably another polarizing one. This is the Beatles doing a kitchen sink soap opera like they're the Smiths or something. <laughs> they only did this once, I think, and uh, I thought they did a great job. Uh, John's Greek chorus singing is devastating. The song could be about someone running away or a child leaving a nest or a lady friend piecing out. My one issue is it's a little too fast. An affecting piece of work to me all the same. Uh... I don't like this song. <laughs> so well, yes, like we're po- oh hey there. Uh, so we got you know we're polarizing That's here okay. in the pot again. Uh, That's okay. When John comes in with the "we gave her everything" bit, it just like reminds me of the scene in a Christmas story where Ralphie is dreaming that he comes home blind to his parents' house from soap poisoning and the parents are doing the oh what did we do was it us crying bit and he's like oh we shouldn't have given him that soap Uh, it's like it's so cloying it's so maudlin it's just confusing for a pop band to do something like this like paul has a lot of like numbers that showcase like why he shouldn't be left alone to write to to make songs by himself because he's gonna lean into the more annoying parts of himself and this is like subject number one here like see this you can look at maxwell silver hammer i mean spoiler alert it's some people will take like you know uh, temporary secretary is another one <laughs> I, um, I i would say wild honey pie and when i'm 64 right be, like we're things were coming be. absolutely like we're coming up to some more of this of like hey i'm on my own here i'm yeah. left the nest like there no one's telling me what to do leaning into the worst worst ideas he has because he can't no one's telling him no because i'm fucking paul mccartney <laughs> Hey, I'm Paul McCartney. I can do anything I want. Hey, don't you love the 1920s? (laughs) Don't you love my granny shit? (laughs) I I mean, I know what you're saying. I I don't. I still think this. uh, I I think this song is. And and that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. We can agree to disagree. We can Um, work it out. We can. We can pot it out too. Ooh. Hmm. This was inspired by a story in a Daily Mail about a teenage runaway. She's Leaving Home was described by George Martin as not, strictly speaking, a Beatles song at all, <laughs> and pure McCartney from start to finish, which proves your point, I guess. So, Isn't that the name of a greatest hits compilation, too? Pure McCartney from start to finish? Just pure, pure McCartney. Well, it's like, if I was going to name a Paul McCartney comp, I guess I would go with pure McCartney. Pure Paul. 
Pure Moods. Paul McCartney read about Melanie Coe, a 17-year-old A-level schoolgirl from Stamford Hill, North London. She went missing without her car, checkbook, and spare clothes. Her father was quoted as saying, I cannot imagine why she would run away. She has everything here. Paul also said that in addition to the newspaper report, another influence was the Wednesday play. It was a weekly television play that often addressed big social issues. It's the kind of thing people would be discussing at the bus stop on Thursday morning. It was a very important part of the week. So it sounds like um, the after-school specials in America. Melody Coe briefly rented a flat in Paddington with a croupier she had met in a nightclub and returned home around 10 days after the newspaper report was published. She was pregnant and had an abortion. Uh, Mel- this is Melanie Coe talking. She was interviewed for a book later on. The amazing thing about the song was how much it got right about my life. It quoted the parents as saying we gave her everything money could buy, which was true in my case. I had two diamond rings, a mink coat, handmade clothes in silk and cashmere, and even my own car. Then there, then there was the line, after living alone for so many years, which really struck home to me because I was an only child and I always felt alone. I never communicated with either of my parents. It was a constant battle. I heard the song when it came out and thought it was about someone like me, but never dreamed it was actually about me. I can remember thinking that I didn't run off with a man from the motor trade, so it couldn't have been me. I must have been in my 20s when my mother said she'd seen Paul on television and he'd said that the song was based on a story in the newspaper. That's when I started telling my friends it was about me. That's crazy. crazy. Here's a crazier thing. She met the Beatles on October 4th, 1963, <laughs> when she won a Miami competition on a TV music show, Ready, Steady, Go. The Beatles were making their first appearance on the show that day, and Paul McCartney presented her with the award. Okay. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, So she said about that day, Paul wasn't particularly chatty. John seemed distant, but she spent time talking to George and Rico. As you do. Like, mm -hmm. Like Eleanor Rigby before it, She's Leaving Home did not feature any musical instruments played by the Beatles. It said it had a string backing with a harp, violins, violas, cellos, and a double bass. It was scored by Mike Leander, a freelance producer and arranger, because George Martin was unavailable at the short notice demanded by Paul McCartney. (laughs) Martin was hurt by McCartney's decision to enlist Mike Leander to arrange She's Leaving Home, although he did produce the session and conduct the players. And uh, the harpist, Sheila Bromberg, said, In actual fact, Paul was quite difficult to work with because he wasn't too sure what he actually wanted. He said, no, I don't want that. I want something, but he couldn't describe what he wanted, and I tried it all every which way. A 2007 Mojo magazine article revealed that the final mono mix was sped up to make McCartney sound younger. Well, that's why it sounds too fast to me. The subsequent stereo mix was not sped up, remaining in the original tempo and key. In 2017, for the 50th anniversary edition of Sgt. Pepper, Giles Martin and Sam O'Kell remixed the stereo version of the song to match the adjusted speed of the mono version. 
Composer Dead Warren once described She's Leaving Home as equal to any song that Schubert ever wrote. In one of the few non-laudatory contemporary reviews of Sgt. Pepper, Richard Goldstein, writing in the New York Times, cited the song as an example of the album's reliance on production over quality songwriting. Conversely, author Ian McDonald considered the song to be one of the two best on the album, along with A Day in the Life. In his comments on Sgt. Pepper and its legacy, musicologist Alan Moore highlights these contrasting views as two music critics judging the work from opposing criteria, with Goldstein opining during the dawn of the counterculture of the 1960s, whereas MacDonald, writing in the 1990s, is intensely aware of the movement's failings. Hmm. In 2018, the music staff of Time Out London ranked She's Leaving Home at number 10 on their list of the best Beatles songs. Excuse me? In April 1967, Paul visited Brian Wilson in L.A. to preview Sgt. Pepper, playing She's Leaving Home on the Piano for him and his wife. We both just cried, Wilson said. It was beautiful. And then he freaked out. Mm-hmm. A version of the song by Billy Bragg with Cara Tivy reached number one on the U.K. single star in 1988 as part of a double A-side with, oh, with a little help from my friends by Wet Wet Wet. Hey, that sounds familiar. Both tracks were taken from the charity fundraising album Sgt. Pepper Do My Father. Love counts zero. There's no love here. Because she left home. Josie Scale, I'm going to give this a yeah. I'm giving this a a Josie. Nope. Just can't. (laughs) Nope. 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 But uh, Roger, I do, you know, as a, as a, as a balm to all my negativity this episode, <laughs> I have some math for you to celebrate wow. our hundredth episode. For me? For you? For the audience? For the audience too. For everybody. Uh, you know, thanks for listening to us yammer on about uh, the Beatles uh, and on a on a baseball podcast feed, and uh, you know, chatting about it on Discord. It's been really fun to talk about uh talk about these episodes with with y'all and uh we appreciate i mean i'm speaking for myself here but i'm sure it's similar to you roger like appreciate you know that people are interested and like to talk about it so mm-hmm. so thank you um, thank you so um we did this at episode 50 where we we found we we told we totaled up what we um how we've rated the songs. So for the first 50 songs that we've done, uh, you, Roger, gave uh, 29 Josies and 21 Yes, which gives you a 42 percentage Yeah rate, meaning that 42% of the songs were better than Your Love by the Outfield. Um, I was more negative <laughs> and gave 33 Josies and 17 Yes, which made for a 34% Yeah rate. Now, for the last 50 episodes we've done, we've done a real turnaround here. <laughs> You've given 19 Josies and 31 yes, giving a 62% yeah rate. So 62% of these songs are better than Your Love by the Outfield. And I'm just slightly below you with 20 Josies and 30 yes. So 60% yeah. That's amazing. Which is great. So... For the first 100 episodes here, Roger, you've given 48 Josies and 52 yes, giving a 52% yeah rate. 52% of these songs so far have been better so than your love. Barely over half, yeah. 
just over half. And for me, uh, 53 Josies and 47 Yes. So, so far, 47% Yeah rate. I like Your Love by the Outfield more than most Beatles songs. Very interesting. Only by six. <laughs> Only by six. Hey, you know what? We're pretty close here. And like we were all like in the, the past 50 episodes, we've, we're like one off. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we're agreeing. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of agreeing. We're being here. more positive. Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't always agree on each song, but, right. um, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're giving the Beatles more credit, which makes sense because their songs are more adventurous, uh, and deeper. Yeah, they're the be- they're 50. better songs. It'll be interesting to see the next fifty. Yes, I'm very curious. What if they start to get <laughs> too deep into drugs and they decline a little bit? Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to to look at it in these kind of chunks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, math. And thank you for doing the math. Uh, oh, happy to happy to to to. I mean, literally, how I'm tabulating this, like, I feel like a, I feel like I'm a school school kid, and I have a post-it note, and I'm doing like line, 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 and then a cross for the five. <laughs> and as the I was tally, doing it, my yeah, yeah and my my daughter inter- was uh, like interrupted me as or like she, like I, I need to call my attention somewhere else. And I was like, wait, this is not adding up anymore. I had to do it over. <laughs> It's like, wait, this oh. isn't 50. Where did I lose it? Where did I lose the plot here? God damn um, it, I'm busy. I know. <laughs> All right, anyway, well, st- yeah. stay tuned, folks, to see what, how the percentages change. Absolutely. Cool. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.